HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's gonna get you some. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte, and I'm Greg Benson. Greg, how the hell are you, buddy? What's up, man? I'm good. I had a I had a hell of a weekend. Uh, oh yeah. How about you, man? Yeah, I did so, actually. Um, yeah, um, tell me about but it. I want to hear about yours first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, you go first. All right. So uh, I had <laughs> I first of all, it was a beautiful weekend for one of the two days here in new york uh really really nice on sunday and i was lucky because uh one of my best buddies was visiting from dc he and i actually met when we were a part of an opening staff of a brewery nine years ago and you know i you know we've stayed friends since then i was the best man at his wedding last summer and the summer before that because covid um and he was up here visiting, so we got to uh, you know ride our bikes around the park, uh, visit a bunch of cool spots, including your friend Pepper at Grand Army, Damon, and uh, you know still try and uh, pretend that we were you know twenty two, which uh, gets harder and harder every time we hang oh, out. Oh my god, yeah, oh twenty two, geez, I'd already been <laughs> drinking to bars for like six years at that point. I, uh, I, I know. <laughs> I was ready to give it up. I know it's getting too old for this shit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so part of the the you know the the impetus, the excuse for the reason we were hanging out this weekend was uh, the new Batman movie came out, and we both like superhero movies. They're kind of our our preferred form of brain candy. You know, they're they're fun to uh, sneak a little flask of Kingston Negroni in and just chill out. Thanks. So we went to a really late showing on Friday. And because both of us had had a long day and were exhausted and had been drinking a lot, uh, both of us wound up taking a nap during the movie, which, you know, again, <laughs> I'm not 22 anymore. And sometimes I forget that. So on Saturday, we're hanging out. We're in downtown Brooklyn. And uh, we're like, you know what? Let's see if let's let's give this another shot. Let's try. Uh, let's try the showing at Alamo. So we wind yeah. up seeing the Batman again on Saturday. And then, you know, going and having some cocktails and some oysters after the fact at Grand Army, which is super fun. Then uh, Sunday, you know, we're biking around the park. We're hanging out at Holiday Cocktail Lounge. Like, you know, we're, we're tired. We're, we're getting, a little, getting a little tipsy, as one does at Holiday Cocktail Lounge. And me, as a joke, I say, you know, there's a nine o'clock showing of the Batman at this place that's right around <laughs> the corner from my apartment in Bay Ridge. And uh, I'm sure we've all been there, but you know those jokes that that start out not serious at all, and then the more you talk about them, the more you're like, yeah, I think I think we're actually going to do this. So uh, <laughs> I saw the Batman the first three nights that it was out in theaters. Uh, it was it was my weekend with Batman. It was it was fun. <laughs> wow. It was a good time to you know relive. The, the the glory days of when we were you know weasoned old men of 22 and 23 drinking in bars and i definitely definitely paid for it on monday morning are you also one of those guys who like waits in line for the new iphone like, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty... <laughs> no, only 
Only superhero movies, not gadgets. That's gotcha. the, the superhero movies and once a year in Baltimore, Belgian beers, but that's it. I don't nice. I don't wait in line for that. I podcast, Damon. People send me shit. I don't have to yeah, wait in line true. for that. That's anymore. true. <laughs> totally, man. Well, that sounds great. I mean, like it sounds like um kind of a free will and weekend. It uh kind of kind of worry free, man. That's kind of how my weekend was too. I had a friend in town who uh it was her birthday and we like my brother uh happened to host a party at his house but we all went to dinner a group of like 25 of us basically it was like a buyout of a restaurant but um <laughs> but it felt it felt normal you know it's things are starting to feel normal again but you know it, it, i i did something like you were doing last month i went sober for a little bit of last week uh a few days and uh you know it's it made the impact of the party. It's kind of like your weekend too. You know, like <laughs> I was like, damn, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, but I did get to drink a lot of good, really great wine with some friends and hang out. Actually, we're going to be talking about wine today. Um, speaking of, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, for, I think some of the listeners have probably caught on in this by now, but um, so I still, thanks for going by grand army this weekend. That's awesome. I still a co-owner of grand army. Uh, I don't really bartend anymore so much i do some guest bartending every once in a while some presentations things like that but i live in california uh, specifically in the bay area and i work in napa uh and i'm uh, wine adjacent so i uh am the experiential specialist for the california brandy house in downtown napa so it's fun for me because i get to work in both wine and spirits when you're talking about california brandy you're really talking about uh, a spirit category that covers both and I know that you're not too much of a wine guy, but I, we're going to talk about it a lot today because uh, in the studio, we actually have someone from a very important winery, <laughs> uh, probably like when you're, when you're talking like Napa Valley wines, it probably can't get more important than, than the one we're going to talk about today. Um, so actually... Uh, man, I, I wish I would have popped a bottle of wine, but it's 9 a.m. here, so I probably shouldn't do that. And? But, but we do have, uh, we have Christy Whitman in the studio today. She's the director of winemaking at the Prisoner Wine Company. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you very much, Damon. Glad to be here. Good morning, yeah. everybody. Good morning, indeed. Are you drinking wine? Good afternoon. <laughs> Are you working? Uh, I do have several bottles in front of me, but nice. at about 10 a.m., we're going to be blending uh, one of our new, uh, new products that we'll be coming out with uh, later this year. So that'll be awesome. exciting. Can you, know, you, can you tell us about it? Can you give us a little sneak preview? Oh, maybe. Ooh. Maybe we'll get to that later in the show because <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> yes, we um, do. It's always funny because my friend Lucas Plant up in Portland, he uh, he's a, uh, I'm a motorcycle guy. He's also a motorcycle guy. We're, we're like brothers and like we, we, we probably FaceTime at least once a day. But he'll be hanging out in his garage, smoking cigars and drinking the prisoner. And he's always like, I'm going to go crush some prisoner out in the garage, like sitting next <laughs> to my choppers. And I'm just like, man, you're living like the best life. Um, but let's talk about uh, what you do and like kind of the, the origin story of the prisoner, if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, I make wine, which is one of the greatest jobs uh, in the world and um, allows me to love what I do. Uh, so I enjoy coming to work every day. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I've been, um, just a little background, uh, I've been in the wine industry for a little over 20 years and, um, I've been with the prisoner, uh, for six and by far it has been the best winemaking experience, um, in my career and has really, I think just shaped my whole world, you know, um, and I've learned so much because making the prisoner is a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> so that's like what we do. We, we do things that are like hard to do and hopefully the product is, uh, you know, spectacular. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, um, amazing. Um, I remember, uh, my first vintage was 2016 and, uh, when we were looking at all of the components um, and then we, we tasted them, we decided what's in, what's out. 
and then we put it the blend together and you're like oh my god that's prisoner it was like it, it was a pretty amazing experience um because it was hard to kind of get get there and then once you got there it was like wow this is this is awesome um but you know uh the prisoner it's been around for a little over 20 years um and it was uh, started by Dave Finney, uh, which I think most people know that. And, um, you know, one of the things that we really want people to understand is the origin of, of the label. Um, and especially in this day and age, uh, you know, where just, there's just a lot of things going on in the world. Um, we want people mm -hmm. to understand that the label comes from uh, a piece of art by Francisco Goya. Um, and it is, uh, actually Dave Finney's, um, parents gifted it, gifted, uh, a copy of an etching to him when he was, uh, a, a young kid. Um, and he used it as the inspiration for, for the prisoner. Um, and, and that's what we have on the label is, uh, Francisco Goya at the time was, going through a time in his life when it was really difficult. It was the Peninsular Wars um, in, the late 18th, in the 18th century. Um, and it was a time for him when he just saw all of this um, chaos and, you know, just bad things going on in, in his world. And so this is an etching from uh, the Disasters of War series, uh, and it's actually called, in translation, The Little Prisoner. So, you know, we, when we look at prisoner, uh, you know, like packaging and stuff like that, um, we want to, you know, we, we want to be artistic about it. We want to be um, thoughtful about it, and we want people to look at the label and, you know, make them kind of wonder how did that come about or what's in that bottle, you know, and, and typically on our bottles, we don't put a lot of information. So there isn't like a huge back label with, you know, the elevation of the vineyards and the soil and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty right. um, nondescript. So that's a little bit about, about the prison. Minimalist. I'd um, say minimalist, right? Oh yeah, it's very very minimalist. Yeah. yeah, which is is good. It keeps people thinking, guessing, but we want them to guess in the right way. Yeah, I feel like that's something that, like for me, my my background is in graphic design in print, and so one of the things I was first drawn to was the label because it's also framed. It's interesting because it's a obviously it's this piece of fine art, this painting, but it's also framed in a way that's almost like a Polaroid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and yeah. I thought that that was really cool, like a juxtaposition. Um, obviously, that's not probably the intention, but I thought it kind of caught my eye first from like, from, you know, 10, 15 feet away on the shelf. And then I was like, what's that? And then I was like, oh, this is a painting. And then you realize it's kind of like the the subtitle below it. And, and this, the prisoner... Um, just like it just kind of blew up right i mean like like it's one of the 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 quickest growth of of wine of, of of a wine that we've kind of seen in our like kind of like modern history in the industry right i mean like it was something like like it took two years and it was like everyone was talking about it it seemed like yeah right right the right at the like 2000 mark some somewhere around there Right. Yep. That's when it really started taking off. Um, you know, and it's just what I, I, I think one of the things that's just made it so popular is just how approachable it is, you know? And so when we look at wines across the prisoner wine company portfolio, and we'll, you know, get into talking about more of that later, uh, you know, they all have kind of the, the same, um, common style running through them, but there's, uh, deliberate intention to make them different, you know, um, mm -hmm. but have that common theme and prisoner. What I love about the 
just the origin of it is how it, it, it is a blend that came about from different growers, you know, in Napa Valley that, you know, were growing heritage uh, varieties that were brought over in the 1800s. Um, and, you know, I, I think when we think about Napa Valley in this day and age, it's, it's, it's Cabernet, uh, it's mm-hmm. Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, you know? Right. So there's not, um, a, a ton of diversity, but, you know, there are a lot of pockets of the Zinfandel, Syrah, Charbonneau, um, you know, these other, you know, Italian, uh, varieties that really is what Napa was. Um, and so there is, we partner with a ton of growers and getting, you know, little lots here and there of, you know, what like their livelihood is, what their, you know, third, fourth generation farm is. And, um, I think that's what makes it special for me is, is, you know, their livelihood is our livelihood. Our livelihood is their livelihood. And we, we partner in it together and, um, and keep, keep each other going. You know, there's not, there's really no other blend like it still today. You know, I, I like that you touched on that because a lot of times I think people forget because, you know, especially if you visit Napa Valley or Sonoma, like any kind of like real rich wine region, um, you see like all these big build outs of these huge estate vineyard tasting rooms and all this stuff. And you're just like, man, this is like, it's like everything is like so baller and extravagant and everything. But at the end of the day, this is a, it's an agricultural product. Right. Yep. And that's, I love going back to that because like I'm from, I grew up on a farm in Oklahoma and like I, I, when I'm driving through wine country, I, I feel like I see it in maybe a different way. I'm not saying like, Oh, I just I, like, no one gets it, you know, like, <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. but like, but I'm like, I feel like I'm driving through farmland, you know, like even yeah. going to Cognac, like my first trip to Cognac, we were driving, like flew into Bordeaux and we're driving in Cognac. And like, and I was looking out the window of the bus we were in and I was like, man, this reminds me a lot of Oklahoma. You know, this is not what I was expecting. Uh, even like the vineyards, like, you know, in the vineyards and cognac, there's like tons of sunflowers. Um, and so like you kind of, it's kind of like mixed in together and you're just like, this just looks like farmland, like, like not, not super industrial farmland, but like farmland, you know? And I feel like wine country here in California, like that's, that's what I really connect with. And then of course, yeah, you've got this like beautiful bottle that, you know, uh, you got charged like 15 times for when you go to like Del Posto or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's really an agricultural product. And I like that you touched on the partnership with different, uh, different farmers basically for uh, sourcing grapes and, and finding right ones. And I think that's a really important part that doesn't get like really touched on too much with, with the wine industry. It's always about like, you know, the bottle, uh, and you know, like where it's placed and like how it's being served. And at the end of the day, it's like, you're, you're terroir. Isn't just like a fancy word that gets thrown around with wine nerds. It's, it's a real thing, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think what, what makes me really resonate with the prisoner is, um, it, one, it's fun. I like to see myself as fun. Uh, and it's, you know, it's down to earth. You, you come to the winery, you come to the tasting room. Um, it's bitching. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's not stodgy. Um, it's not gaudy. It's just, I remember when it first opened, it's like, man, I just want to work in here. You got the music going, you know, mm-hmm. high ceilings, it's airy. Uh, it was great food, you know, and Speaking it's just of, fun. I love that. I love that the chef, uh, Chef Brett, on the website, it says this for the Chardonnay. It says, Chef Brett recommends pairing the prisoner Chardonnay with a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, that's so fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, I mean, 
the the kitchen is amazing. Like I I can be kind of picky. Um, you wouldn't know it by looking at me, but you know I can be kind of picky, and uh, it's just like I I just don't care when I go into that kitchen, um, and we're having a meal. I don't ask a lot of questions because it just tastes good. It's it just always happens. good. Yeah. yeah. And That's it's, great. it's such a, um, like sensory overload experience. It's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, and I think chef Brett too, you know, he, uh, he is, has a lot of, uh, kind of Asian Indian uh, twists on his meals. And so it's like, you know, with, with the, our wines, the different varieties, he, it gives him like a playground to, to work in. And it's not just like here, have your, have your ribeye, you know, nothing, nothing against a ribeye, but um, you know, it's just, it allows for much more creativity for him. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with a ribeye. <laughs> No, We're, nothing wrong we'll, with the ribeye. Yeah, I was eyeballing the tomahawks <laughs> at Whole Foods. <laughs> so, I like to me. Okay, I, I kind of want to go back to just a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the juice is amazing, right? Everyone knows that. Um, the like from like from a business point of view, for me, I just like I keep like because I watched it happen, right? So I I turned twenty one around the same time that this started and so like i remember even in like oklahoma city like like people buzzing about it you know I, something that was like started out as such a small brand and then it just fucking exploded like how do you think that happened is it i mean obviously the, it's a great product but was it like any kind of like marketing was it just something that clicked was it just like a magic moment i mean because that does happen yeah i mean i think you know at that time um, you know, Dave Finney still owned it and he is like a marketing mastermind. So, right. um, I'm not exa exactly sure how he did it. Uh, I know that I don't have that skill set. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, I, a lot of hand selling, yeah. um, educating people about it, getting out there, you know, knowing the right people. Um, I think it's just, you know, kind of a combination of, of all of those things. Um, there's something kind yeah. of like, I don't know, to me, there's always been, and maybe it's just in the name or what, but there's something kind of defiant and kind of punk rock and kind of fuck oh, you yeah. about the prisoner, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also like that about it. Yeah. And I think that to me is kind of what attracted me to it being like, you know, an old punk and like, like it, it, it really spoke to me. Like just oh the prisoner yeah fuck y'all like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, that was sorry. supposed to be the message but it was it definitely was like I was like yeah all right this is like something like it it spoke to me in a way where it's like okay the wine industry is kind of old and stodgy and like kind of like yeah. uppity in in California like just the you know just the Northern California wine region I'm not gonna I'm not saying that Paso Robles is a, shit talking wine country or wine region because i don't really know him that well um but it just yeah. felt like it, everything was kind of like stuffy and like and like snooty and like then along comes a prisoner and the cool thing about it is like it's not like it was a cheap wine to start like it like price right. point it was like but it was at the exact right price point it's like that like to me it was like you know that specific balance of like price point being like all right, this is something of quality, but it's also like kind of like screw y'all, we're doing this differently, you know? And yeah, that is very attractive to people, especially people like me. And um, it turns out that the wine was actually good too, you know? <laughs> and so it just seemed like this perfect storm that happened all, all at the same time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's like, I feel like, you know, there's in the spirit side of the industry, there's like some pretty hardcore fanaticism and brand loyalty, you know, people getting tattoos of like, for instance, I have a Fernet Branca tattoo. Um, and you know, people will get like, even on like the lowbrow side, like they'll get like the little, the lady in the moon from the Miller high life bottle, you know, like, um, <laughs> but like, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually seen a couple of people with prisoner tattoos and that's like, really? 
Yeah, totally. Um, oh super, my gosh, super that's nerdy sommeliers in New York City. And like, huh. yeah, but like, it's, it's like, I've never seen that with another brand, another wine label or winery. Like, I've never, I've never, like, I mean, I would, I would get like the, like Carlo Rossi's signature, like, like tattooed on my butt or something, you know, just for yeah. fun. Oh yeah. But like, I, like, I don't know. It's just like, there's such, there's such a, I think it probably, it probably has something to do with the fact that it is technically kind of a younger brand up against these other ones, because it feels like something kind of that was like younger and fresher and something that you could actually kind of attach yourself to and go along for the ride. It was like, I hate to say this, but it was like kind of like a wine for a new generation of sorts, you know, and that sounds so yeah, stupid, I, but it, it really, it really was, and it is, you know. Right. It, um, I, I feel like it gave people who maybe were not confident about trying wine because of, uh, you know, just, I, I think sometimes what we think about some people who drink wine, I think it gave them an in. Uh, yeah, for sure to to try something that was super soft and bold and um you know it's dense and and tasty you know that that they were maybe not confident to drink other wines before or um i'm trying to think of the right word uh yeah so i mean i can't think of the right word so it's hard right it's um, it's like it's just yeah. it's like kind of this perfect storm right uh, that like just worked all together at the same time it's great timing yeah. great like product everything it all just happened and yeah i mean i get what you're saying like it gave like uh say like someone who was new to the to the world of wine it gave them an in because it was like all right cool i know this is fucking badass this is delicious and if i bring this to a dinner party i'm gonna like actually like wow people who are yeah, who exactly. have been wine drinkers for you know 40 50 years right yeah well this right. let's, let's take a quick break and we'll get back uh, in just a couple minutes and continue talking with Chrissy from The Prisoner. We have one week until St. Patrick's Day. Dun, Gre- dun, dun. <laughs> oh my God, Greg, how much Guinness are you going to drink? I'm going to drink a lot because, I mean, think about it, man. Think about it. This is not just St. Patrick's Day 2022. This is the first St. Patrick's Day that we really get to enjoy since 2019. Now, did I enjoy St. Patrick's Day in 2019? Not really. Did I have to work? Yes. Did I have to deal with a bunch of drunk people? Yes. But, but this year, now that I'm like not going to have to be behind a bar, I'm going to, you know what? And I live in a very Irish neighborhood. I'm going to go out and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to really enjoy myself because, you know, we haven't gotten this chance in a while and... Like we were talking about at the top of the show, everything in moderation, especially moderation. So if you feel like going out and having a good time on St. Patrick's Day this year, I say, yeah, go go for it. Let yourself have some Guinness. Cut loose a little bit. Yeah. And even if you don't go out, you can celebrate at home. I mean, there's all kinds of resources at DiageoBarAcademy.com for spirits and Guinness and food pairings. You know, I you can't... Speaking of moderation, you got to have the food with the drink, right? St. Patrick's Day is oh, yeah. all about, like, it's kind of like a marathon, so you got to make sure you're, you're pairing it with food, too. So at DiageoBarAcademy.com, there's all kinds of cool information about Guinness and about St. Patrick's Day. And like we just keep going back to DiageoBarAcademy.com because it's like, there's, it's like peeling back the layers. There's always more to learn there, right? And it's all free. I know. There's all when you think you've gotten to the end of something like it's it's even stuff that you didn't know that you didn't know like 2019 me would have loved to have had their <laughs> you know their their guinness essentials list of how to deal with what is you know a, a delightful and fairly unique and occasionally persnickety beverage that is very much a part of you know every march 17th so i if if you are wondering how to get it to pour exactly right, uh, definitely go check out Diageo Bar Academy because they've got you covered on that. And uh, a lot of surprising things you didn't know you didn't know about Irish Stouts. That's right. You can check it all out at DiageoBarAcademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Salancha. 
Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Uh, in the studio today, we have Chrissy from The Prisoner, Chrissy Whitman, the director of winemaking. And we were talking a lot about The Prisoner on the first half of the show. You are expanding the brand. And the I, I didn't realize that this was one of yours, but it makes complete sense. I saw this bottle on the shelf maybe a, less than a year ago, and I was immediately drawn to it kind of in the same way that I was um, with the prisoner, with the packaging, the saldo, it has this, it's just, it's like a cab style bottle. Uh, and then it's just got a little piece of red label tape that says saldo. It's that old school, Greg, you know, those, those old, before we had the, the brother P touch label makers, uh, you know, the ones that you would like punch, like it would like do the click thing and it would pop, yeah. it would emboss the tape, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Yep. So this is what it is. It's the red tape with the white embossed letters and just says Saldo on it. It's like the coolest fucking label. Um, and so I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to buy it because I really appreciate the minimalist kind of approach to the label. And then, of course, come to find out it's part of the prisoner family. So can you talk about Saldo? And also, I know you have another one called Unshackled coming out. Let's hear about those. Okay. All right. So... um you know, I think the the main thing that we want to, you know, make sure that we, you know, I kind of convey is that, you know, there's um, a dis- distinct style that we're we're trying to put together um, across the 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 three brands um, from a very deliberate sourcing strategy. So, um, unshackled, you know, is kind of at the the more uh, affordable. Uh, price point, you know, to kind of uh, uh, get people familiar with with the brand, um, and so a lot of the the sourcing that comes with uh, Unshackled uh, is Central Coast, uh, some North Coast, and Lodi, um, and you know, I I have like just kind of like my terminology as to how how I differentiate um, between the the three brands. And so when I think of Unshackled, it's fun and fresh with a side of serious. And a lot of that is driven by the sourcing. Um, so, uh, it's, you know, at this point we've got, um, Cabernet, um, we have a red blend, uh, and a Sauvignon Blanc, and then we will be coming out with a Pinot Noir and a Chardonnay, um, uh, towards the end of the year. So it's, you know, just really trying to, um, you know, fill an, a niche at that price point uh, with prisoner style and, you know, just the great, great quality and consistency that's in every bottle that, that we make. So, um, so yeah, so Unshackled, super fun, uh, super fun wine. Uh, when we look at Saldo, Saldo's, you know, kind of morphing into a different type of brand under the Prisoner Wine Company. Um, you know, it's going to be our kind of brand that gives people an opportunity to explore varieties they may not be super familiar with, but have that really, you know, sweet-ass packaging. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I see that as like it's fun and an exploratory, you know, more – North Coast, Sierra Foothills, Sonoma. Um, and, you know, really all started with the Zin, uh, Zinfandel. Yeah. And it's just super spicy and food friendly. Um, has a, a, a bit more maybe tannin and acidity to it than, you know, some of the other prisoner wines. So it's really uh, just kind of made a name for itself just by virtue of having it as a Zinfandel. And then now we're expanding it with. Um, a, another red blend that is Petite Syrah based, which is one of the nice. very, very special grapes that we get to work with um, across the portfolio. 
Um, and then we're also launching uh, Shannon Blanc. Which so, I'm very excited about. I love Shannon Blanc. And it's I, really good. Yeah. Like, I'm just super happy with it. And it's got a nice little green label on it. And uh, It's the green label it, tape. It just looks, yeah, green <laughs> label tape. And blue label tape on the red blend. Um, it's 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 awesome. And then we have... Um, Greg, are you like ready to come out and visit me so we can do some wine tasting? Like, how, yes, how are you feeling absolutely. about all this? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm super stoked about all this. I mean, this is a you know, it's I, I've I've said this before, but uh, wine is definitely my blind spot in the world of fun drinkables. You know, I've got you know the world of spirits down and beer down, but uh, you know, as as much as you know, a reasonable human being should, and then a little bit beyond that, I think, but. I like wines and that there is still sort of a um, it's nice to know that there are still new things to to learn and discover. And it's like, I know what I like, but the world is so vast and deep that there's, you know, I would, I would love to come out and just hang out in the prisoner tasting room for an afternoon and just sort of try all this and learn about. Let me know. Wines. Yeah, Let me know. absolutely. I, I also, I also wanted to ask you about the, um, because one thing we were talking about earlier is kind of the aesthetic of the prisoner, right? And how it sort of breaks down that, that wall that even to me is a little bit intimidating of like, oh man, this is such a vast world. There's so much to know. It's like, no matter how deep you get into it, you'll only ever be scratching the surface. Right. And I I'm looking at all these, these new bottles that you guys have. And I'm noticing that they don't, like Damon said, he was looking at Salvo. He's like, whoa, that's a cool label. This, you know, this wine sounds delicious. Oh, and it's a prisoner wine. You know, I wanted to know sort of what the the mentality was for going with this very sort of varied aesthetic that that you guys have. Like all the bottles are kind of different shapes. They look different. Are you kind of trying to, you know, say, hey, this is within our family, but, you know, don't don't come into this with any preconceived notions about what it is because we want you to try it on its own merits. Like what's sort of the advantage to that kind of mix and match packaging you guys are doing? Yeah. You know, and actually I think our packaging has gotten a bit more um, like similar across, uh, you know, different SKUs and, you know, more brand specific. Um, But like when you come to the DTC, you know, the tasting room um, we've got, even more different labels, names, all that kind of, and varieties. So I think it's, you know, when I, when I think of it, it's, um, it, it's just, there's a mysteriousness to it. Uh, and, you know, you see it and you just want to buy it just because you think it's cool. <laughs> I was going to say um, to me, it has, there's like, just the, from a design point of view, uh, it definitely, it, there's an attitude that it has that is, unlike any other wine like winery out there in the valley you know it's like yeah it's it's kind of like like you know poking people you know a little bit you know like yeah check this out we made this badass wine but also uh we just slapped a like a 70s like label like like label tape uh on it and uh there you go Enjoy. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no pretentiousness yeah, to exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's kind of like this is what you got. You know, take it or leave it, and 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 that kind of shows the attitude. You know, yeah. I know um, when we talk about, you know, just the prisoner and and some of what it stands for is, uh, you know, fearless and peerless. Um, yeah, cool. We break the rules when rules hold us back, and so we just want to keep continuing to push that and you know just i mean in everything that we do we're always looking to push the limit um whether it's you know winemaking blending different varieties together that you know have traditionally been like oh my goodness like you can't do that you know um Mm -hmm. and, and with everything uh blends packaging um you know, just a general attitude of, uh, this is the flexibility that we have. And, and, um, you know, it's just a mindset always looking for something better. 
Yeah. I think there's, there's only a few wineries out there that can like pull off that kind of that attitude and, and outlook and like, just be like, here we are. What's up? You know, like we know this is good, you know, like (laughs) you should too. Um, one that comes to mind is tank, uh, tank up in, uh, uh, yeah. They're just like, yeah, they're in an old gas station. They're just kind of like, yeah, screw it. Like we're just doing, we're making orange (laughs) wine in the upper Valley. And like, uh, and we're slapping like, you know, they've got, you can buy a a cigar box guitar in their tasting room if you want. Uh, you know, it's like, just kind of crazy. Like I love the new attitude of, of the wine industry in Napa Valley. It's really cool. And like, obviously the prisoner really like kind of introduced that, uh, in my opinion, uh, and in a lot of people's opinions, I'm sure you too. Um, but this is really cool. I love, I love that, you know, for something that started as the prisoner that is so like such a standard, you know, for modern wine, uh, that you're, you're expanding the lines out like this. And it just kind of goes to show that like, I mean, growth isn't a bad thing, you know, it's, it's a very, good thing uh if it's all done the right way and this is all done the right way and are there anything like i mean i know like we were talking about you know earlier in the show about like you know the the world kind of like slowly but surely uh seemingly opening back up are like it's there's all kinds of fun stuff that's coming along this summer and the spring i mean i know that like one big thing that a lot of people look forward to in napa valley i guess it's really napa town um it's like thing like bottle rock, which is a big uh, concert festival. I mean, they did it last year, but it was a little, it was, you know, it was, it was kind of, uh, I don't know what the, the word is for this, but <laughs> it was, it was, it, you know, it was still, it was like the, you know, we're still deep in COVID. So it was like right. Meg the stallion, like kicked ass. Um, but you know, like, <laughs> oh, she's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think guns and roses got kicked off early. Um, <laughs> right. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, do you ever do any like um kind of partnership collaborations with uh, any kind of events like that in the valley? Yeah, so we uh, have partnered with Bottle Rock before, um, and uh, we will be continuing to partner with them uh, this year. Cool. Uh, and we'll be serving. We'll actually be kind of like uh, an, an introduction you know, to, of Saldo, uh, and the line, um, to, to the public, um, as we'll have a, like a a cabana featuring the Saldo wines and they'll also be poured, um, at, at all the concessions. So, uh, it's, it's going to be nice to, you know, to get it out there. You know, many people know who the prisoner is, you know, I think it'd be nice to put some attention on Saldo and, and, uh, you know, gain some fans and, um, bottle rock is always, always a good time. So yeah, it makes it, it's, it's like a perfect partnership too, because the, you know, prisoner and Sullivan unshackled, it's very like rock and roll kind of vibe that they, mm-hmm. that you put off with them. So mm-hmm. it makes this perfect, perfect partnership for, you know, the big concert festival that happens out here. Um, which I'm really looking forward to, uh, some of my friends are playing, uh, the black crows and some other friends oh, cool. coming in from the East coast and, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and obviously you'll be there, right? Yep. Signing, signing autographs, For signing sure. bottles. Oh God, <laughs> that is the funniest thing to me. Um, why? <laughs> it happens all the time in the booze world. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. It's just funny. You know, I was hanging out with yeah, Tito. It's like, who am I? But yeah. you know, no, I, I got <laughs> Tito beverage of Tito's vodka to sign his first bottle. And, um, buddies back in the day i was down there like 15 16 years ago in austin and um you know they they, it's not like a place where they do tours or anything like that like you're like like they do in bourbon country but i was down there for a uh like kind of burning man festival that happens out in the hill country outside of austin Mm -hmm. and uh so i was meeting a bunch of friends but before that i wanted to go visit tito and say what's up and so i went out you know out in the country where his distillery is and you know, he's still got like wild dogs running around everywhere and, you know, shotguns and all that shit. And so 
he was kind of expanding his holding tank uh, barn and all this stuff. And we were, uh, he just wanted to show me around. So we, we had these old test tubes and we pulled like right off the still, like at a hundred and I think 70 proof. And we're just like sipping on this 170 proof vodka walking around this farm. And uh, we get to the end and uh, uh, he was like, Hey man, you should take a, take a bottle. You're going camping, right? With some friends. And I was like, yeah, I, I am. And so he, he pulls a liter bottle out of a case and hands it to me. I'm like, Oh dude, thank you. But you're going to sign it. Right. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would I do that? And he's like, I was like, because that's what, like, that's what people do now. You know, like the, the distill, you're, you're the guy. Like, and he's like, what do I say on it? I was, I was like, well, to Damon rock and roll Tito, you know, something like that. Yeah. And so he's like, Just okay, draw a little hard on there and call it a day. Yeah. And then he, he hands me the bottle and he walks me into my car. Uh, after drinking 170 proof <laughs> straight off the still. And uh, he's like, so, uh, so yeah, going camping with some friends. Like uh, how many friends are you going camping with? And I was like, Oh, like 2,500. <laughs> and he's like, Oh shit. Then he goes back inside and he grabs a case of 1.75 liters. He's like, you should probably take this then. So he gave me a case and a liter and signed a bottle. And I was like, that's wow. That's that's why you sign the bottle because like I, like you know it would have been cool like to just get a bunch of free vodka for my camp out but like the signed bottle was really like the the icing you know and uh, so yeah. you should definitely be signing some bottles. Oh yeah, bring a sharpie. I'll, I'll, I'll have saying. my pen. There you go. <laughs> You'll have your label maker. This is just you the should. wildest thing to me. Is like right? an oh, East Coaster. Yeah. Just, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, just, just, just sign them with a piece of label tape with your name, with Chrissy oh, Whitman yeah. stamped in it. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I gotta sock that away in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I'll remind yeah. you when we get close to the bottom. Oh Rock. yeah, because I'm gonna be yeah. hanging out with you there, and maybe Greg can awesome. come out too. That'd be it would awesome. be such a culture shock for me. Like I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an East Coaster, so hearing you guys talk about like yeah, this rock and roll wine festival thing is just like, it's such a, such a different world for me. So I'll have to come out there and see how the other athletes and, uh, you know, get, get a lot of things personally labeled by Chrissy Whitman of the prison. Oh, yeah. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be a good time, man. I'll take, yeah, yeah. I'll, Let's do it. I'll take you to French laundry. Not sweet. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I will not. I will not. I'll take it. I'll show it to you. We'll drive by it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll go to St. Elena and, Check out the prisoner tasting room. Where can people find information about that, by the way? Yeah, so our website is prisoner theprisonerwinecompany.com. Uh, so you can look for some information uh, on reservations and different wines, uh, info about the prisoner. Uh, we also have Instagram, Prisoner Wine Co. Uh, well, I, I would bet you would see um, some of the Bottle Rock um, information there. And we're also looking at maybe hosting some after events. Um, so keep your, nice. your eyes peeled for that. So that, Very that'll cool. be um, awesome. So there we go. Yeah. Nice. Also, Greg, yeah. here's something that we don't get to talk about on the show very often because uh, we're mostly talking about spirits, but you can join the wine club at the prisoner and get your uh, seasonal allocations if you'd like. Right. Ooh. And we got a shitload of new wines coming out. Shitload. <laughs> nice. And they're yeah. very um, small. They're small productions. Um, some are partnerships. Uh, some are, we have a, um, a three pack coming out. Uh, it's uh, Wine for Justice. Uh, and so, you know, nice. these just new things um, continuing to come out and uh, kind of separate us out from, from the rest. Yeah. Which you've, Always done very well. <laughs> um, this has been awesome, Chrissy. Um, like, you know, I, like, it's, you know, we, I, we've been doing this show for, I've been doing it for over 11 years now. Um, and I rarely get to talk about wine, but I, it's something that I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm a member at several wineries. Like I, I love living out here and being able to go to the wineries and working in wine country. And so this has been a blast for me to talk to you about, some of the best wine out there. And, uh, you know, that's another thing too, is like, we don't really talk about wine much, but when we do, we get the best people on. So thanks again for being on the show today. This has been great. And I hope Greg's learned a lot. 
Oh he's, yeah. He's learned <laughs> that he what, needs I'll to tell you what, man. <laughs> well, this, this big, this reminds me of, uh, when I was living in DC, I was living right down the street from this, um, Italian wine spot called a Letteri. If you're ever in the neighborhood, go, it's one of only three wine stores in the world that have been recognized by the Italian government as selling like a really, really excellent selection of Italian wines. Nice. One of them's in New York. I think the other one is in Japan. The one in DC is in a warehouse district that has a bunch of halal slaughterhouses, um, a possibly defunct strip club, a 24 hour subway with bulletproof glass in front of the sandwich making counter and this amazing world-class wine shop. And it was run by this guy named Ken, uh, who actually passed away a few years ago, which is a huge loss because he was an amazing person who either owned multiple black T-shirts that said, got wine or wear the same shirt to work every single day. I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. But, you know, I, I realized when I was like, you know, getting further and further into the bar industry that, you know, again, I knew beer pretty well. I knew spirits pretty well. I didn't really know shit about wine. So I went to him and I was like, hey, man, um, I don't know much about what you sell. You seem to know a lot about what you're talking about. Um, I'm going to come here once a week. Just hook me up with a cool bottle of wine. We'll talk about it. And I'll, you know, I'll learn where we go from here. And uh, I did this for a year. And I thought at the end of the year, I'd have a pretty good idea of like the scope of the general like world of wine. No, I knew <laughs> specifically about Italian reds. Every single week for a year, I got a different Italian red. And I know those pretty goddamn well at this point. One time, I think I got a rosé because I asked him for something different. He begrudgingly gave me something that was not quite an Italian red. But the thing I sort of took away from that experience is that one, wines from Puglia kick ass. And two, there's always so much more to explore. Like you really can do it literally once a week for a year and only just scratch the surface of one very specific yeah. part of this world. So all, all of which is to say, um, yeah, I'll see you in the tasting room. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks yeah. again, well, Chris. Thank you, Damon. Thank you, yeah. Greg. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's been awesome. It's been a good time. All right. Well, that's it for the speakeasy this week. Check out The Prisoner. Um, if you haven't already, check out uh, The Prisoner and check out Solo and Unshackled because they're kicking ass. And check out other programs on heritageradionetwork.org like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. Keep us going until next time. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com forward slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.